Afternoon all. Hope you're good. Hope you can hear me. Now, technical uh, signal issues yesterday, which look like they might be persisting today, um, have meant that I can't help but ask, as I used to all the time last year, can you hear me? Let me know. Likes don't show me, but if you get a comment, then let me know if you can hear me. Let me know how it is. If it's glitching in and out, and if it continues to, then I'm gonna I'm gonna sack it off and wait for my new little um, 4G fancy ass router boost thing that's gonna sort out all this mess. Um, and I'll wait and just and just cut the show if it's uh, if it's too glitchy like yesterday's was. For those that listen on the podcast, apologies. I just did not have the heart to upload the audio. Uh, to our main podcast feeds because it was such a glitchy show that I just wasn't pleased with how it came out and uh, and so I didn't put that out there. If you're really bothered about trying to piece together the 15 minutes of the half hour that was that was there, uh, then obviously please do tune in. But you'll have to do so on the videos. I'll leave them be wherever they were, YouTube, Facebook, etc. But if you were wanting to listen to the audio uh, of yesterday's show and you've got in touch, then thank you for pestering me. However annoyingly uh, it was a mess and, and i just wasn't happy with it and that's a signal issue that i'm trying to resolve it's where we're situated in the in the village of which we're coming from depends on the traffic at the time in the village and so i can't really do much about it however i've got an idea for trying to solve that by using 4g which i'm going to do soon uh, so we can hopefully get to you um fortunately there wasn't a guest on yesterday and so it's when there's a guest on and it's glitching my end that i feel bad because it compromises the questions i ask and, and the experience that the guest has and want to get good information to you guys now, one of the things that uh, I've been asked since our conversations with, um, particularly after a chat with John Ryan on, on Monday, I think it was, is what's your take? You know, I mentioned a few examples. You know, they said chewing it over is meant to be you giving your take on some things and you, you held some stuff back. You know, they, they were hearing me give examples and John give examples of communications I'd had with journalists and experiences I'd had with the media. And then there was, it was as if I held back. Um, of course, it was not that. It was me trying to make sure I elicited my expert guest's opinion. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. You might want some uh, examples and, and uh, a take from me. And the, then here we are. And so for those that are tuning in live, please answer this question for me. What is your current take on the media landscape for MSK? Are you pleased with how it comes across? Do you think that we communicate through various media channels what it is we do? Or do you think that the expectation from the public by way in which they're influenced by the media has improved is getting worse are they uh, recognizing the richness of how we can enhance their functional lives through rehabilitation or are they coming in with expectation of say more passive fixed modalities are they perceiving uh, that you are and do something that you don't please let me know i'm really interested in that now there are various things that the media gets blamed for, but sometimes the social perception of a, of a, of a profession, a job, a modality, etc., cetera, um, is something that really is, is something broader than just media. You know, sometimes put, people put too much on that. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, I want you to just give me your opinion as to where you feel we're, we're at with that. Uh, and I will therefore be, uh, we, I, will be I will respond in kind. Right? I'm going to give you my, my take on that based on experience as well as how my... Um, way in which I behave when things crop up for good and ill, how I've changed my behavior over time based on a few things. Now, one of the things I want to then uh, highlight straight away is that one, when I've done any basic media work, um, and, and often, you know, this is why it was great to speak to John Ryan about this, you know, because some of the things, especially years ago, uh, the only way in which I did that work was that you know, John would get in touch and say, could you 
go on the radio and stuff. And especially I remember when I was most available was when this place was bricks and mortar. And it was that I was sat on a camping chair pointing and shooting for tradesmen, et cetera, for the technical work that I couldn't do in my overalls. And therefore I was just more available. I wasn't seeing as many patients. And I remember I was sometimes sat making sure I was away from drilling noises and just um, being on, on the radio, going on five live and things like that uh, for, for talking about the sports injury or Andy Murray's had this operation. What's your take on the matter? So I was just more available. And so John had, uh, you know, I was able to help out the CSP in that way. And obviously, you know, th th there's no pretense from me that there isn't something that you gain from it too, both in terms of experience of doing that, but also getting your voice heard. Massive attention seeker as I am, as you guys know from this show, means that I'm not going to pretend there isn't an ego to it, that you wanting to share information, but also there's a benefit from, from someone then nudge, nudging you at a function the next week saying, I heard you on the radio. Uh, and there's some higher profile things that I did that I get that from even now, which is really cool and brilliant. I really enjoy it. And so I'm not going to pretend that there isn't some of that. Now, what I mentioned to John was that that is sometimes motivating the whole thing. Not for me, because you can imagine what I'm doing is pointing people to resources through Physio Matters, mentioning the work that MSKR is doing. And obviously, when people Google me, that's what they find. So, I'm, you know, there's, there's plenty there for me to benefit from elsewhere for raising standards in msk which those of you that know me know that that's the core passion everything central to everything that i do but equally i'm not going to pretend that there is something that's special about sometimes your name being on lights and being on the telly or being on the on the radio or what have you is, is a nice thing for some people you know, some people's worst nightmare of course but some people like me and so i'm accepting that that sometimes if that was the only motivation or it was that eventually might people might then buy buy products from me you know if, if it was um if the first thing on google was people then who've got sore bits to then uh, buy my online course that then tells them how to how to cure their sciatica then you know i can understand though that on a pr point then that, that's exactly what people are trying to do and funneling i'm not saying that that's inherently unethical but i'm just meaning that when that's the sole motivator for people's behavior you can understand how that will influence the content that they deliver on the radio or on the tv so you, you picking picking the right people to try and do that work, I think is is difficult. And I'm not for a second suggesting, and I actually think that I'm I shouldn't be. Uh, the, the, I'm, I'm not suggesting I am the right person, by the way, for that. I think that there are. I wish that there were some people who I know communicate these things brilliantly and far better than me, and have actual expertise, especially in a, in a scientific literacy front, whereby they are actually closer to the the science that's sometimes being discussed or the ideas that are being discussed. I wish by disposition they were people that were fine to be the show show pony uh, that then does the fronting up for the media. Now, it's naive to think that that person who's super numerate and super statistically literate in a research sense that then produced that great study is going to want to do the media rounds and be able to be uh what i do because that's my specialty and so and i'm uncomfortable in front of camera and microphones that i've been training myself to do for seven years right so it's naive to think that however i feel like if the producers and the media media people felt that they recognize the value of having someone that's maybe less comfortable in front of the microphone, but actually is more credible. I would much rather that, you know, I actually often make those recommendations. And so I think that that is one of the things that's fraught, but what I'm getting at with that as well is the people that are on your screens and on the radio, et cetera. I, I do think it's totally reasonable to say that that matters, but I also think the way that that self selects is something that we need to be mindful of, right? The, the fact that these, these um, as I said, uh, admitted attention seekers like me might be on there, uh, not because we've sought that attention even, but because it's come to us and we've been the people likely to say yes. And now please never forget 
that the people that are likely to say yes, that matters. So if a producer with five minutes before they want to go live, they've had an idea, they want to try and find someone to fill that slot. And at a moment's notice, who's going to say yes? It's people that are actually available. So people that have got flexibility to their diary, which certainly back then was me, uh, less so now, but uh, certainly people that are back to back clinical or, or in, in research meetings, et cetera. It's just less likely unless it's pre-planned. So if a producer's taken advantage of that in a moment, and then you've also got the people that are willing to go on air in five minutes time to talk about back pain. It's like, God, those two things, the availability as well as the dispositional likelihood of being comfortable doing something like that at a moment's notice, you've narrowed your pool. And so as soon as you've narrowed your pool and a producer starts to get some yeses from people like me, then you get people like me on the radio. And that can, and by people like me, I mean dispositionally and all sorts of other variables that you might want to attribute to that. And and, and a, and a self-publicist, as I'm sometimes accused of being, right? So that's why you might get self-publicists in the media. Is it if you think about it, because if the producer thinks that, wow, that's someone that responds with five minutes notice, unfortunately, that's just the nature of the game is that they then can take advantage of that situation and don't have to then be good at their job, in my, I would argue, and plan more for, you know, plan more thoughtfully for pieces uh, on health, especially in a, in a broader than a 24 hour news cycle. And they're not having to rely on people that are then flexible and predisposed to being uh attention seekers like i've described so please do bear that in mind because it matters you know people say that we should have we should have more diversity of all different flavors you know um, and and certainly as i'm meaning here I'm, I'm specifically talking about personality but i do understand the arguments that come uh, but you think about the way that the landscape is in the media and the way that these things are produced the editors the journalists is that the availability feature that i'm on about and the fact that people are willing to do it on the fly is a huge factor when it comes to who is represented. And it's a shame. I'm not saying I like it. In fact, I have thought up a few ways and maybe we'll talk about them today that uh, I think can be a corrective to that. But, you know, I just think that it's uh, worth me sharing with you my experiences to say that that's something not to be naive of. Now comes a uh, next point. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, I've got a few questions and comments coming in. Let's have a little look. Alistair said, I've noticed some change for the better, which may be due to my social media bubble rather than society. That's difficult to know, isn't it? So I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad Alistair feels that it's moving in the right direction. I tend to agree, and I don't think that's just because of social media bubbles. Um, but um, I think that's what's what's brilliant. And uh, Alistair's mentioning, of course, the thing that's sort of motivated a lot of our behavior recently, including a statement from MSKR, is there's a recent Channel 5 program that still highlights the damaging bullshit that the media still eats up quickly. <sighs> Alistair nailed it. So I'm just going to, yeah, please keep your comments and questions coming in. But also, I'm just going to reflect on that from Ali there. It's, uh, it's a really good point. One of the reasons why the media eats up that bullshit is because this is entertaining. And I'm sorry to say this, but even the news media is an entertainment thing. They are, they are trying to bait your attention, be that newspapers, social media, uh, especially in, in sort of paid programs or or the way in which of course your news media interacts with your social media and your newspapers now and 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 so you know it's something that you just need to make sure that you're accounting for appropriately is that the reason why someone's not going to go on there and give a really gray analysis of the fact that this is something that is not conclusive either way right this new piece of uh, evidence that you're wanting to sort of put the naming lights on the front page or you know naming lights on the front page, a headline on the front page or your naming lights on a show, um, you're definitely in a situation where the fact that someone's sensibly scientific or clinical 
is going to come in and say, well, hold your horses in this context, in this population. Let's not get carried away. It's a pilot study. You know, it's not going to cure cancer. Let's be sensible. Um, that that point needs to be made. But if that person that is best suited to make that point in an academic forum or in a letter to editor or even on social media that then cuts through it objectively, Unfortunately, if that person isn't able to present that in an entertaining fashion, then tough shit. They're just not going to be on, on, you're not going to give them that platform. And that's something that you need to be bearing in mind. And then how do we then stop that just being clickbait and that there's these media cult personalities that then almost succumb to being almost actors or presenters um, and therefore channeling all of the definite efforts that, to try and articulate the gray? You're trying to spin it into being entertaining, then you spoil the actual message. Honestly, it's difficult, but one of the things that I do here, especially from the priestly academic class that sometimes like to uh, throw shade uh, at me and mine, not usually in public either, because that's not their thing either, but just generally speaking, just bear in mind is that if you're in that position where you just feel like, well, actually, you know, who, who are these people that are just translating um, science or, or clinical practice in such a way or, or um, even modalities or whatever it might be, styles of care delivery, is that when we're doing that work and you feel like, and, and understandably, we should be then just shining a light at the people that are at the front line of actually creating that content and that, sorry, not the content, that, that uh, material, that research, et cetera, is that, Honestly, you won't believe how many times we're trying to pass that mic over or make those introductions. But then similarly, there have been times whereby you need to recognize that even though it might not be your shtick, if you feel that that's your position, is that that should be closer to the people that have actually produced the work, then please do not be so disrespectful of the craft of actually translating material to then think that it's up to the world to comply with finding your points entertaining, even if you're doing so in a monotone voice and naming statistics. You know, if you're not willing to try to practice being a more entertaining talking head, not as a total advertisement showman, but just as someone that vaguely is engaging with the audience, then unfortunately, yeah, you're not going to see back of us in a, for a while. So please do pull your socks up in that direction, much like if you feel that there is an accusation to be made that there is a watering down of the science or watering down of the message, then that's something that you're right to accuse us of. And we need to make sure that we constantly raise standards in that direction where we can. Sorry, we naturally have, uh, as it is, smaller brains than you do as, as standard. But generally speaking, we'll do as best. And then similarly, return that favor in kind if it is your opinion that that should be it should be you it should be a colleague it should be someone else that's doing that doing on the uh, in the media landscape okay now what i would suggest though is when it comes to that entertainment feature that is something that they're craving and then one of the massive problems with that independent of people is the spin that can occur especially when it's something that if they're having you on live and stuff then generally speaking it's harder for them to spin you can still make your mistakes and there's massive pressure that comes from something like that and i've done it plenty but what i'm getting at is if you're speaking to a journalist who's doing a print piece and it's someone that's new to you and doesn't really understand you they are somewhat coming at it and this is the way that they work is that they've had this idea for a piece and then they're wanting your quotes to support their piece they just can't help but write that way they're not you know, that especially at the moment and the pressures that journalists are under, especially print journalists, is that they've got this idea and they need your quotes to support it. And so they're trying to mold it and trying to spin your position so that it can support their narrative. Unfortunately, it's not that they're coming at this thinking, oh, this is interesting. I, want, I wonder what's new in elbow pain. And therefore, they're doing a bit of a brainstorm where the conversation that with me that, was, that went on half an hour, they're trying to tease out themes, speak to a few other experts and then work out what the narrative is they've started with the narrative they're trying to shoehorn my quotes into that and that's just the nature of the game so again tough shit 
then it means that sometimes I'm misrepresented and spun and that's not necessarily on me. Um, and similarly, I'm not just meaning me on this. It's happened to me, but I'm just meaning that other people in the media that then have been like, well, did you say that? Well, yeah, but I said it in this context in the, to a journalist. And I didn't think they'd put it that way. And I didn't choose the headline. So it's meant that, and it says in the title sequence, I'm talking about how my behaviour's changed in, in dealing with these issues, is that I give the benefit of the doubt more than ever on this stuff and speak to the individual to say, is that what you meant? Is that what you mean? And sometimes they do. Right? Sometimes it's like, someone's quoted you spouting bullshit here. Did you mean that? And they double down on it. They say, well, yeah, that's really accurate. That's how I feel. And, and so there's a grievance there with a professional difference, right? And you have that out professionally, even if it's in public. But what I mean is you give that benefit of the doubt and saying, is that is that what you think? Is that what you meant to say? Is that something you would say again? Is that something if you had the uh, ability to edit that, if it was, say, um, especially when it's an article online or something, if you have an ability to, if they were allowing you to edit that, would you edit it? Then that's a different matter, isn't it? It's a different thing because that's a misrepresentation or spin from a journalist. So please do bear that in mind before the mob descends on individual people particularly or even challenges ideas that they might not even hold. So again, bear that in mind because I do um, notice that as well. Now, the medium matters as well, right? So I've mentioned there, print journalists. What might they come to you about also is something that, you know, for example, over the summer, I stopped taking interviews. And a lot of these are small uh, online uh, online mediums or uh, little magazines and stuff. And unfortunately, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm bad enough at PR who have not made uh, taking clippings of this stuff and, and so i probably need to sort of tidy that up um but in the summer i stopped taking journalist calls about massage guns for example because i realized that i was a, a massage gun talking head for some people like i think i'd got my name had got out there oh this guy's got an interesting take on massage guns now unfortunately you then end up being sort of labeled in that way because it's the flavor of the month and anyone that knows me thinks that well, what's that's the last thing you'd expect me to be talking about. But all of a sudden, because that's hot topic, the journalists are thinking in that direction. And then they're just getting a physio quote from, from someone about that topic. They're not necessarily evaluating it, saying what's interesting in MSK healthcare at the moment. And then, um, and then evaluating, well, that's sensible. There's massage guns here. There's rehab here. There's how MSK professionals might help in the NHS here. They're not evaluating things thoroughly. They're just saying, right, what's hot? Let's get a quote. And that, for a time was just a week or two where it's just nothing but massage guns. You've got to bear that in mind, don't you as well? How many times am I going to say bear it in mind? You know, I'm just seeing it meaning that you get someone that say, well, you've just been doing nothing but talk about massage guns. It's well, yeah, because that's what I was asked about. And obviously I need to be smart enough to, to say, right, okay, three's enough there. Let's be, let's be, uh, let's be smart. Um, now, one of the things that I definitely want to wholeheartedly agree with that I've just put, popped up, is Alistair Beverly saying, get Mike James as the poster boy slash girl for the media, see the image on social media this AM, the evidence and pout. I honestly, please, if you haven't seen it, go and see Mike James, the endurance physio's Twitter feed to enjoy what is a, a gorgeous picture of him in a swimming costume and a wig. So please do go and seek that out. But jokes aside, Mike, get Mike James in front of the media is uh, something that I will get behind with, whether in a swimming costume or not. Absolutely perfect translator of materials. Uh, if you haven't heard him on the Backpain podcast recently, whereby that's a public facing show by Rob Bevan and uh, Dave, what's his chops? 
Okay, sorry, Dave, I can't forget your name. Um, but anyway, they do a public facing back pain podcast in which Mike goes on and he does 10, 15 minutes saying, you know, uh, what type of therapy should you see, physio, osteo, chiro, and he just knocks it out of the park. It's just absolutely beautiful translation of material and his obvious, uh, lovely Welsh accent. Uh, it's far less coarse, far far less coarse than mine. Um, so you know, generally speaking, he's a great example of someone that I would like to see um, being able to reach into the media more. And he's exactly the sort of person that that you need doing that translational material and constantly proves himself and develops and works hard on that stuff. And I know him as a as a good friend uh, does that. So it's the sort of thing whereby, unfortunately, though, when Mike does that or Ash James does that, all the all the Jameses, all the Welsh. James's that seem to be my favorite people to go on the media um, means that you, you then end up getting accusations that get thrown. You also then have people that I really would like to see um, their name in, in lights in many ways and, and translating materials and the enthusiasm that they bring to it. So people like Leanne Anton um, is, is someone that springs to mind. I had a chat with her earlier this week, had a catch up with her. I'd love to see her doing more in the media. And, and so there's various different ways in which we need to make sure we put those people forward. But remembering what I've just said about disposition and character, right? I've just named Ash James, Mike James, Leanne Anton, me. These are all people that just, you know, don't mind just being those those show ponies right so just bear in mind that that is a problem in itself is that that isn't always representative of physiotherapists or representative of msk professionals and we do have people in our profession or in that industry that are frustrated at that and don't like us for that and and and, and that's something to again bear in mind now one last thing i want to say before i really do just draw on some more of your comments so please do answer my question as closely as you can if you don't mind guys which is how do you think we're doing in the media and 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 how would you like to see it change? And 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 especially, do you think I'm wrong to say that this is something that is quite individually relevant? Right, I'm talking about people and characters and and the people that are purveyors of these ideas. Even though I know that that can be for good and for bad, do you disagree with that? Do you think actually do we just need to forcefully make it idea centric and the person to matter less than I'm suggesting, or do you think I'm I'm, I'm right on that? The final point I want to make on this is that you can't help but recognise that the media especially new media so you know what i'm saying about social media and you've got people like yeah bbc news published stuff on youtube and, and and social media but i'm meaning that never underestimate the power of viral ad bible clips or now this or anything like that especially when things touch um political or cultural uh, flavor or a celebrity ends up having an injury or or there's some sort of new uh, backcracking video that goes viral. Never underestimate those things. Um, and I'm I'm describing this as being something that novelty is one of the things that sells. So you can't help but loop this back around to what I said about entertainment, is if we don't recognize and try and get ahead of what is novel and keep our finger to the pulse of, of culture in such a way that doesn't mean that we're insulated within our little professional bubbles and navel gazing. If we don't keep our finger close to the pulse of what's going on culturally and what celebrities are up to and being willing to be a talking head to talk about that and finding a professional way to discuss it without talking about the specific case or using specific anecdotes that people could recognize, you know, if we don't find a way to navigate that space sensibly, then we are going to be screwed. And that's also that people saying, well, just because that's flavor of the month, don't mean it's the most important thing to say if you get hold of a journalist. It's like, well, no, but that's the thing they want to talk about. You know, we can't at the moment dictate that agenda. We just don't have that access. So please bear that in mind. How many times am I going to say that this show? But uh, yeah, apologies for that. Many thanks to those that have, have commented. Let's have a little look here. Joe's making a great point. She says, there's also the listener experience. It's quite hard to listen to someone who sounds deeply uncomfortable. Yes, unfortunately so. And that's one of the things that's challenging. And it doesn't mean that that stuff can't be trained. But unfortunately, yeah, if, if you uh, the idea to 
it's it's actually really uh, discompassionate in my opinion uh to um to try and platform someone like that or hand the mic to someone that's uncomfortable that's then potentially going to go down in a ball of flames and never do it again so please do bear in mind i think it's something that i really do have concerns about in that direction that people make the perception of being like well why don't we distribute it evenly i even heard someone suggest that we should have a repository of uh, of, of people that are then you know why is it not that there's a lottery that, that when a journalist asks someone to speak why doesn't it just generate a random number so it gets distributed fairly it's just like god that's so naive that people would think that it's a good idea to put someone on air for the sake for the sake of fairness you're going to ruin people <laughs> you know you're gonna, they're not going to sleep overnight if they think they're on on the radio tomorrow you know and i hear from those people as well often people that are saying thank you for doing this i'd hate to do what you're doing and then you also get as i said people that then perceive it to be nothing but a downside that anyone's on the media but them or but their friends or the but the people that they see as being credible to talk about back pain or whatever it might be that we're on the media to do so just bear that in mind God's sake, how many times I'm saying bear that in mind? It's like a tick today. I don't know what's going on with me. Katie Napton, very varied, if I'm honest. Asked about a special next stretcher by the Daily Mail. I said it was shitty. I don't think they will use my quote. <laughs> I did say, happy to talk about the 28 million living in constant pain. Not interested. Ah, oh, Katie, nailed it. I think I can probably bring that, bring the show to a close on that point. When you speak to journalists like Katie's describing there, and I've been there so many times, if they come to you with an agenda, you then explain your take on that matter, be that massage guns or management of sciatica or something like that, or you know the classic one that I have uh, um, with um, journalists is just posture and biomechanics. You know, tell me about perfect running form. Tell me about perfect sitting form. Tell me about standing desk. How people should stand at a standing desk. You know, how far apart should their feet be, etc. Is that they've got this idea of us being able to just give you these bullet points, and then when we say actually it depends, and obviously we know that that's what happens clinically. We sort of say it depends on the context, depends on the specifics of the individual in front of you. As a catch-all term, these things have been known to be myths to aspire to a perfect plumb line. When you sort of peddle that and give them the grey areas, that completely throws open their piece of work that they were planning to do. So do they find some chump that will say what they need them to say? Usually yes, by the way, because there's plenty in our industry that will do that. Not because they don't believe it, not because they're charlatans, but because that's a common myth for a reason. It's a common myth because many a clinician believe in those things. You know, donut gate, uh, as we're calling it, suggests that as well. But like what Katie's saying there is that she then explains a little more underneath it and says, well, that's something that's more interesting for us to talk about. Then it takes for a, 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 a hopefully a, a credible journalist would get hold of that and say, well, yeah, good point. It's going to change the dynamics of this piece. I probably won't be able to meet my deadline today. So I'm going to do a little listicle today, but I'm actually going to sort my shit out and maybe call you next week and we could think about what we could do together. And that's happened to me a few times. Now, a classic example of this is a lady called Peter B who works for the Times of London and does some of the Sunday Times supplements. And initial consultation, consultation, conversations that we had over things like gait, form, posture, biomechanics, etc., with a state of true inquisitive nature, which is weirdly rare in journalism these days. She then fairly grilled me over, you know, what what it is that uh, was underneath the claims that I was making. That some of the things that she thought were really relevant, she might have been doing a, a sort of listicle on on uh, sitting posture, I think, or something like that, that we first worked on together. Or course, stability, I think it was, is that we then had a really long discussion about why. It is that I uh, disagree with that and why I wouldn't, you shouldn't be able to get a supportive quote for me to say, tuck your tummy in and pull your belly away from a belt and stuff like that. And then the relationship that's developed there means that she now, um, she now knows 
that uh, she doesn't want to write articles like that because she feels that she doesn't want to be wrong, which is a good aspiration for a journalist, which is rare, unfortunately. And so what I'm going to do is I promise to you guys, and I spoke to Peter about a, a piece that she's publishing soon, I think in the Times, um, about uh, standing, at, uh, standing at desks and standing from home and posture and stuff like that. And we had a great chat about the shades of grey, and I gave some specific examples on specific conditions. But the reason I'm mentioning it is because I also said, look, this is rife and definitely something that my audience would love to hear from you about. So uh, Peter B, who's a journalist that I'm talking about, she's going to come on the show and talk to you about these things at some point soon. I'm going to get a date in the diary with her uh, to make sure she comes on chewing it over. Please make sure that you keep an eye out on socials. I'll make sure that I'll let you know when that's going to be because we're going to get a journalist's take on this matter and how she feels that she, because she does it very well and we've got a decent relationship between us to make sure that, you know, I've never felt spun or exploited by her or her colleagues that she's introduced me to before and so it's been a really impressive difference compared to people that set an agenda and narrative and then we've got to comply with so keep an eye out for that peter b from the times a journalist is going to be joining me on cheering it over at some point soon as is ash james to fill it finally bring up bring together this um little series we've almost done on, on media perception based on uh, being a really passionate and important thing that uh, therapists in our network are, are bothered about. Tomorrow is Finance Friday with Obi Hassan. You've already sent some questions over about managing finances in these chaotic times if you're in private practice, but also a great question about how that overlaps with personal finances. And so I want to make sure I raise that with him. So tune in tomorrow for some more of that from Obi. He's got some brilliant resources that we're going to be talking about as well on his Cash is King series, uh, the, the lion of business uh, about how to manage your finances in these weird times. But in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you as ever hope the signal's been a bit more stable i think it has it looks like it's a 10 out of 10 for me on that i'm all out so that it's less inconsistent uh, but it's been it's been great to chat to you about this one of my favorite subjects and please do make sure in the comments or in emails or whatever it is that you usually feed back into chewing it over on let me know your take on this matter it's really important to me that we get a decent balance and i'll see you soon <laughs>